0: This is the Robert's Wish podcast.
1: Where you keep all your books,
0: Rams is an educator of over 25 years, a certified counselor, and lead of the youth welfare program here at Robert's Wish. And when she was younger, she was bullied.
1: Well, it actually started from when I was quite young. When I was in primary school, it was everything was pretty okay. Everyone accepted me. But because I have mild terrible palsy on the left side of my body, I look different slightly. When I was in high school, I was actually quite badly bullied. And people used to taunt me by standing behind me and uh, making fun of me when I couldn't see and then pretending that they wanted to be my friend and then not doing it and all these horrible things used to happen and slowly, I became aware that people thought I was different, and it really had a quite a negative effect on me because um. I then felt I wasn't good enough when I was at school. And it led me to to think that I wanted to actually help people out of that situation themselves. Because the way I dealt with it eventually is I showed more kindness to them than they could cope with. <laughs> so essentially, I, I wouldn't let them get to me. Even though inside, I was feeling absolutely torn up. I didn't know what to do.
0: Sarah and I have known each other for many years, both hailing from South Africa. Having both moved to the UK in the late 90s and early 2000s, we've recently reconnected. In school, Sarah was different. And differences are the easiest target for bullies to pick on. Bullying was a challenge Sarah overcame with time, but it didn't happen overnight.
1: Initially, I wouldn't take part in any activities because I was worried about what I looked to because everyone was um, making fun of me. And after that, it took me about, oh, about three years before I felt confident going onto the netball field or the hockey pitch. I did them all. Uh, I even had a, a quite a weird situation when I was, uh, I must have been about, oh, I think I was about 14. And the teachers in their infinite wisdom decided that um, I could do butterfly like everybody else. And so we had a swimming competition. And of course, I'm weak on the left side. So I tried to do butterfly and I sank. I literally sank. So they had to come and save me out of the pool because I was still trying to do butterfly because the teachers told me to do butterfly. And that was the kind of thing that just carried on through my life in that I would try everything to do what everybody else could do. And I think this is what happens with anybody in a a bullying situation is that it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's physical, like in my case it was physical, um, or whether it's emotional, or whether um, you just have more individuality or whatever it may be, um, you're picked on for the very, very thing that actually makes you, you. And it's taken me years of dedicated time to realize that actually that aspect of me is the part that's the part that everyone loves about me.
0: Her sinking incident aside, Sarah was able to overcome her bullies because of the support around her. She wanted to be that same support for students in her shoes
1: that other educators were for her. I was determined to make sure that the children within that environment didn't get the um, situation which I had been in where there was no one to talk to. I had absolutely no one to talk to. Um, I was, didn't want to talk to my parents, not because they were bad parents or anything, but because I didn't want them to worry about me. So I kept everything very quiet and I went through five years of uh, being bullied constantly but not telling anybody about it. Um, And I didn't want anyone else to go through that.
0: As a teacher, Sarah has seen bullying
1: from multiple sides of the classroom and in different parts of the world. I ended up at at Hillcrest High School and doing everything that I possibly could to help. In that environment.
0: So, for those of you um, wondering, Hill, Hillcrest High School is a is a, it's a secondary school in um, Durban or KwaZulu Natal in South Africa, and you've, you but you've also got a lot of experience teaching um, here in the UK in some pretty dire inner London um, schools as well, where um, I believe that the, the bullying was was uh, was quite serious um, that you witnessed of students.
1: Absolutely. It was far worse. I ended up um, in, a, in a London school, um, which was in special measures at the time. And people were being bullied and bullying the teachers. Um, and I gained a lot of experience um, there protecting people from, from being bullied and, and the bullies from themselves because often what's not realized is that the bully is also a victim in this and in that they often have their own issues as well and you have to support the bully and the bullied. And so I went from that uh, school which was in the in, in under schools and ended up in a affluent public school And what was so interesting is the bullying doesn't stop. It just changes the way it looks. And it becomes more sophisticated looking potentially, but it's still there. It's still there. Yeah, it's still there. And I spent years and years mediating between pupils. I'd actually have them in in my office and I would actually mediate with them to try and get them to all understand the points of view. As Sarah
0: went to different schools, into different classrooms and met different kids, she developed ways to confront bullying along the way. I asked her what was her secret. From the educators that I speak to, there's, there's a, lot of, um, a lot of frustration, as not knowing or um, not having the, the, the information or the skills to, to deal with you know, pupils that are being
1: bullied. What do you do as a teacher when you can see it happening? Okay, the first thing that is a misconception is that you see it. Often, most of the training needed is for people to actually see it. They don't see the differences in the person. They don't see uh, that suddenly somebody who's been very um, outspoken is suddenly quiet or that suddenly somebody's wearing different clothes or that you just get a feeling in the back of your neck that there's something wrong. That's a very, very important stage for for identifying it because if you can identify it then, it's often an indicator um, that you can approach that person and not talk to them specifically about bullying, but you talk to them about their life, How's their life going? How's everything going with them? Do they want to come and uh, come and speak to you? Um, obviously, if they refuse, that's fine. But what I would then do as a teacher, if they didn't, if they felt um, worried about you, I would then have a um, fellow pupil, in a completely casual way, approach them. Now, this is what I've been doing a long period of time is I've been doing something called peer support, which um, I've devised a a program whereby, um, because of my counselling experience, I have, well, you could say I've actually taught pupils how to counsel other pupils without making them feel like they're being counseled which is precisely what you need. You don't want somebody, when they're getting bullied, to think that you've got everybody giving them attention because that's not necessarily what they want. They don't want everybody to know everything about everything, but they want to feel like they've got somebody in their corner.
0: I was bullied badly at high school. My biology teacher was a huge source of support for me. Sarah was that teacher. She was that supportive teacher that helped me deal with what I was going through. She was there to give me advice, a listening ear and a safe haven away from the bullies. This made the world of difference to me and ultimately inspired me to help others where possible and why starting Robert's Wish made so much sense. Bullying, however, looks different these days. Sarah mentioned before how bullying occurs differently at different schools. However, now kids not only have to worry about being bullied in school spaces, but online too bullying isn't um, focused, you know, is, isn't centered on, um, be, you know, being bullied, um, physically bullied at school, but you've got cyber bullying now. So, you know, there's, there's nowhere, um, you know, on, on your social media, there's this bullying that goes on. So it's, it's 360. You cannot get away from it. Whereas, you know, back in, in when I was a teenager, um, it, you know, you, you didn't have that your home was your safe haven. Whereas today, you know, in a lot of cases, um, the, the home the home isn't a safe haven because as soon as these, these kids actually log on to any social media, it's there or it's coming in th- from their phones or whatever it may be. So it's a lot more difficult for them to, to, to have that quiet space, if you
1: like. Absolutely. And, and one of the, the, the things that we all feel, and it's a natural feeling, you feel like you want to solve the problem. And, we, and you can't always do that. But what you can do is you can signpost somebody to, to people who can help them, but they need to be helped to get to that point where they feel like they've got enough self-esteem to be able to do that. Because one of the, one of the issues of being bullied, and as you say, cyberbullying is a perfect example about this, is you're constantly being beaten down, beaten down, and your self-esteem goes so low that you don't feel you deserve to have help. So, that's, so you don't ask for it. And so one of the biggest things, the biggest breakthroughs um, I've found with young people is that you work with them to help them get, even if it's just a little self-esteem, to be able to ask for that help but And that's a huge i mean, I'm talking about us that could take months it could take years, but it is a huge breakthrough when that happens
0: so that brings me on to you know Robert's wish is really about um giving that um that that safe space um to to youth um that that safe confidential platform where they can essentially go and and either talk about the you know talk about the latest um you know, latest soap opera, whatever it may be, but that they can talk to people who are in a similar position. They can strike up that that um, that relationship with them, in terms of um, that that rapport with them, in terms of having someone to talk to who's also going through bullying, who may have gone through bullying. They can share the different um, tactics that they that they tried to, to to help them cope. Um, so it's important to have that safe space, which I think is lacking today um in in today's society is that safe that safe space for them to 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 just be
1: yeah and the and the trouble is life is so fast and there's so many expectations especially in the education sector that a lot of the time that you would normally have been able to just be is not there so it's got to be created (laughs) um and it is, and a lot has been done in education to do this, and there are a lot of support mechanisms. Um, but it's also important to have a place, and in this particular case with, with Robert's Wish, um, online is, an, is another option for them as well, to have a place which is safe online, which they can go to and get advice from, I think would be a good step.
0: The conversation with Sarah really highlighted the importance of having that supportive educator for youth these days. It also highlights the fact that there are different types of bullying, not only in the school grounds, but also online bullying as well. The Robert Swish podcast mission is to really explore the different types of bullying, to talk to counsellors, more teachers, to talk to victims, and even bullies themselves to really start the conversation around bullying and how we can tackle it and stop it happening. Robert's Wish is an online community against bullying for both youth and parents. Visit www.robertswish.org.